So many times we end up talking about the weather here on the Carolina Outdoors. This segment is no different, but what does that mean to us as outdoors people who are hiking, traveling, maybe fishing, especially trout fishing in western North Carolina? We're going to find out what that means. Your host each week here on the Carolina Outdoors, Wes Lawson right there, Bill Barty right here. And Wes, we have had a pretty dry run of it. We're Uh, usually waiting for summertime to bring us the tropical storms that we rely on so many times. And I'm not talking about the destruction, just, just raising the water levels, cooling the temperatures. We did not get that this summer or early fall. No, it has been dry for a while and uh, looks like that's going to change here with uh, Hurricane Fiona or Tropical Storm Fiona, whatever her category is right we're gonna have rain we've had rain we need this of course one of the downsides is when it's been so dry when you get a lot of rain you get a lot of flash flooding which is bad for everybody and everything but it will change the nature of nature it'll change the course of streams how fish are behaving how bugs are behaving um, and it would seem like um Ultimately, it's a good thing because we haven't had enough of it. So a good gully washer or two would be okay. For those people that follow us, being Jesse Brown's Outdoors, Jesse Brown's CLT on social media, they'll know our lead guide and instructor, Dave Bergman. He's on the Instagram feed. He's on Facebook. And he has been on there talking about how to fish in warm water this summer, especially for trout, that is a cold water fish. He's talked to us about getting down a little bit deeper in those shallow waters, how to uh, uh, use a smaller leader, longer leader, in order for those fish to not see the leader or tip it and and take the fly. Well, now we're going to switch gears a little bit. And from an entomology standpoint and from a water level standpoint, what this means for our streams the silt, the sediment, all of that will change. And is that good for our fish? Is that good for us anglers? We're going to bring him on to the program right now. Again, lead guide and instructor from Jesse Brown's Outdoors, the man on the river, Dave Bergman. Welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Howdy. How's it going, everybody? (laughs) Howdy there, Dave. Man, it's all going good here, but tell us what this rain is going to mean to anglers, maybe not right now from a safety perspective, but from the after effects of a rain that comes through and pushes silt sediment and all of that stuff out. Is it healthy for the streams? Uh, It is definitely a natural part of how streams work, and as far as uh, this rain we're going to get, it's uh, nothing new than what we've seen in the past. So you're going to get a big rain tomorrow. Uh, it's going to come through. It's going to blow out the river. Uh, the river is going to be chocolate milk uh, and surge probably at its highest uh, that really early the morning the next day. Uh, it's going to, yeah, it's going to wash a bunch of sediment down. Uh, fish, you know, trout especially, you know, they're pretty much built for this. They're built aerodynamically to sit in the current. So they'll just get under the banks. They'll get behind rocks. A few of them might wash downstream, but for the most part, uh, they know what they're doing. They know how to handle it. Uh, they, we did need the rain. Two weeks ago, we got some rain. It put the rivers back up to a good fishable level. Uh, this should kind of hopefully normalize some things. Um, but it is going to be some high water uh, after it happens. Uh, if you had planned a fishing trip on Friday uh, or Saturday, Saturday morning, 
You might need to wait till like Saturday afternoon to go fish. Um, this, like I said, isn't anything new, uh, and we definitely needed the rain. So as far as the concern about how things should be fishing after that surge, I really wouldn't think that it's going to make much of a difference. Uh, as far as well, and Dave, let me jump in there. Dave, let me jump there in there and ask because I know it's not different. But um, during the summer, I know you had a lot of uh, a lot of clients out on the water, and for instance, taking pictures of the fish. There was a limitation on how long the fish could be out of water for the fish's health. Uh, you, you, you would handle the fish for the client, so you could get it out, take a picture, put it back in quickly. Are those rules and uh, and I guess etiquette, are those going away now? The etiquette should always remain, uh, especially if you're, you know, fishing on your own. It's harder to handle fish. Uh, in my line of work, you know, people want to take pictures of fish. We try to reduce. If we get you a big, not big fish, um, we'll take them out of the – the water is definitely um, – it's going to be in that in the 50s. So you can do that. Uh, you really should try to make it as quick as possible. Um, yeah, in the summertime, I, there was a point where we weren't even taking fish out of the net. We were getting hooked out of the mouth, getting right back in the water, taking a picture of the fish in the net. Uh, now you can take pictures of your fish. Uh, that doesn't mean get the perfect picture. Uh, if you're having trouble getting a picture of a fish that's flopping around, just get a picture in the net, please. Uh, this be- They are very oxygen sensitive. Even if the water is cold, you hold them out of the water for too long. That can really do a number on the fish. Uh, on trips now, I take a lot of action shots. So people with rods bent, uh, fish jumping out of the water, that kind of thing. Um, we'll take, if they really want to take a picture of a fish that's, you know, not over like 15 inches, uh, we'll maybe do one or two just for, you know, a good desk photo. Uh, bigger fish will get one, one shot out of the net. If he flops out of their hands, um, I'll get a picture of them in the net. And we, we don't want to put too much stress on them. So those rules should always kind of apply. But you can get some more hero shots, is what I call them, now that the water is down to a reasonable temperature. So, Dave, when the water was real clear and low, we were oftentimes fishing really small flies on long runs of very small tippet, nearly invisible in the right light, even to the human eye. Once the water darkens up, how do we change flies what what are we going with now that we have a little bit more chocolate milk in the water yes you can definitely bump up your tippet um the length is always at least the way i fish length's always going to be long no matter what Uh, but you can bump up that tippet strength for sure Uh, i'm usually in these parts uh where i'm usually rocking a 6x tippet Uh, you can bump it up to five sometimes even four if you want um, because the fish are going to have a harder time seeing it uh with the really clear water, the reason why we go down uh, our tippet size, obviously, so they don't see the line. Um, but also, those fish in clear water can see that fly coming from a lot further away. Uh, with the higher water and that stained water that you want, you want stained water. By the time the fish see, opens its mouth to eat that fly, it's already too late for the fish. Because they got to make a really quick decision when the water's stained. Because it's got to get a lot closer to their face before they decide to eat it. So if you get stained water, you can definitely bump up that tippet because they're going to have if they're having a hard time seeing your flies, they're going to have a hard time seeing your tippet. So go go for it. Also, that's going to reduce the amount of break offs you have if you're bumping up your tippet strength. 
if you are prone to breakoffs, um, you should – everybody, every single person should be cinching the barbs down on their hooks uh, because that's really important. Because if you do break off, the fish can shake that hook out pretty easily. Uh, so everybody should be cinching their barbs down. Uh, but for that added security and stained water, you can go ahead and bump up that tippet strength. You know, Dave, it seems counterintuitive that in darker water, in stained water, that we might use a darker fly. Why is that? Why does that work? It's creating a silhouette. So if you're using, uh, you know, if you have black against brown, right, like just a jet black against brown, you know, you can see that pretty well. Um, if you use, like, a really bright colored fly, like a chartreuse or something, that can work, too. But it does look pretty unnatural when you have, when the water's stained and when something's further away, it's going to have that black silhouette. But um, if it's further away and it's just, you know, chartreuse bright, that's not a supernatural look for a fish. So typically we're going to fish those darker flies because everything around them is going to look silhouetted already. The voice you hear there is Dave Bergman. He's the lead guide and instructor at Jesse Brown's doing fly fishing wading trips and speaking with Wes Lawson and Bill Barty here on the Carolina Outdoors. And, Dave, we've talked a bunch about it this time of year in the mountains, not just for anglers, but for hikers, mountain bikers, hunters are out there, a lot of different people out there pursuing things in the outdoors. Hey, what's it like traffic-wise uh, uh, on the streams? period whether they be angling or doing anything out there is it crowded oh yeah well you can i mean these days you can never really tell um but i will say uh if you avoid the the wildlife resource commission likes to put the dates that they stock rivers on try to avoid those dates and uh the two days after them because it can get really crowded now crowded's never a problem for me if you're on a trip with me it's Crowded becomes a problem when there's not a lot of space to fish. You don't have to worry about a lot of people being on the river if there's spaces to fish. Don't don't rely on one hole that you like to fish, especially now that the water's coming up. There's always a place to fish. But when you get a, an excessive amount of anglers and they're just lined up on the stream, that's where it can really become an issue. And you're going to get a lot of that pretty much the you know two day, the weekend after they just did a stocking. If you kind of look at the stocking dates and lay off those dates, uh, you really shouldn't have any problem finding places to fish. Obviously, weekdays usually going to be less crowded, um, and we're starting to kind of get back to it. But during the, the height of the pandemic, you never knew what day was going to be crowded. Uh, now we're kind of getting back to that, a little bit of that normalcy where um, your weekdays are going to be a little less crowded than your weekends. Uh, so if you can sneak off on a weekday, sneak off on a weekday. If you can't, no worries. You'll, have, you'll find somewhere to fish. Try to stay away from those stocking dates and you should be just fine. That's Dave Bergman. He's got over a decade of angling experience, taking people out there fishing, educating them with fly fishing, wading trips. Dave, thanks for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing a bit of your expertise. And off he goes. But he has been busy, Wes, the fly fishing, wading trips. What he does is takes people streamside and goes fishing, a day of learning, casting instructor instruction, water reading, entomology, and the hook set and fish fight. You know, he's great with anglers of all experience levels, so sometimes it's really hard to teach your loved ones your <laughs> hobby. So it's always good to outsource that to a, to a professional like Dave. 
He's also great at taking people who are experienced anglers and showing them a different way to fish or a different place, which is also incredible and also is one of our on-site casting instructors for folks who need a tune-up for their fly cast or maybe need to learn the double haul before a saltwater trip. Really a multi-talented guide and instructor, just a great resource. These are small group trips, so many people come into Jesse Brown's, and you can get more information at jessebrowns.com or let us know there at the brick and mortar in the store. But people say, what streams is he fishing or what stream is he fishing? There are about half a dozen streams that are used for these trips. It's really dependent on where the best fishing is for that time that is booked. Again, small group, one, two, three, or more, but that would include uh, uh, other guides and instructors along with that. But the streams are picked for what are producing the most catches for people and or what is most convenient for the client because it is small group, so it can be kind of um, uh, positioned for them. If they live in Spartanburg, they may meet over the Brevard area. If they're in Concord, they may head north to the Mitchell River or, uh, you know, several other streams that are used for these trips. So he's got the, the decade or more of experience. He's got all the equipment you need, rods, reels, line, leader, tippet, a whole bunch of flies, mm-hmm. waders and wading boots that will fit you and your uh, co-conspirators. He'll get your lunch order. All you need is uh, the right attitude, a valid North Carolina fishing license. Please bring layers for the appropriate weather and, of course, polarized sunglasses so that you can see through the glare of the water and see those fish you're going to catch. Hey, before the break, the right attitude. What is the right attitude? You know, I think it's got to be you've got to want to get out there. You've got to want to learn and appreciate the fact that those fish don't necessarily want to get hooked. (laughs) Uh, We want to catch them, but they maybe don't want to get caught. So uh, appreciating the ones we get, but being very gracious for the ones that got away as well. It's an air of optimism, I guess. Uh, I think so. uh, An air of optimism to enjoy not just the catching, but also the uh, foundation being built within the sport uh, and, and loving being outside learning something new, or improving on something that you've already been doing. Those things, again, fly fishing, waiting trips available, jessebrowns.com, or contact us there. In the brick and mortar, we're located in the Sharon Corners Shopping Center. That is in the heart of the South Park Shopping District, high upon Mount Jesse Browns. you got to get up the elevator or the stairwell to summit Mount Jesse Browns, and we'll be there waiting for you. Wes, let's take a quick break. We have some other seasonal topics to talk about Mm. on the Carolina Outdoors. One of them was in the news back in October, but it coincides with the season that we are in, and that's deer season. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. This is the Carolina Outdoors.